0: nature of your thoughts gentlemen when you say you move your lips in a particular way do not see how haphazard this audit is the devil is in the detail ladies and gentlemen this is
1: a cover-up there will be plenty of time for questions
0: and we will find the answers we generally do by bringing in mr tom korsky managing editor of black locks reporter and he is here now hello tom happy valentine's day Who are you getting the love from today? (laughs) or or Who aren't you getting the love from today? (laughs) Oh,
1: funny. Thank you, Alex. You too.
0: (laughs) There you go. Uh, You got a bunch of stuff to go through. A bit of it uh, I wanted to make sure we got to. But um, this one I certainly think tells a story. Nearly four in ten Canadians now borrowing money to buy groceries and other basic expenses. And this is uh, federal research that's done in-house. And when you look at it, it's a pretty big increase. From 2020, when it was, uh, I guess, 26%, to where it is now in 2022, it's been a jump to about 38%. That's not a small thing.
1: It's shocking, isn't it? This is data by the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada. That's the federal agency that monitors enforcement with the Bank Act. And what they've been doing is monthly questionnaires with consumers going back to the outbreak of the pandemic. And now the data are starting to become, uh, frankly, blood-curdling. As, they, as you point out, Alex, they say that 38% of Canadians now are borrowing to buy food, pay the rent, meet monthly expenses. This is not abject poverty. These are everyday Canadians. You know, Alex, I, I find myself, we were just talking about this the other day at home, I find myself angry when I go to the grocery store. Mm. A hundred dollars is nothing to spend at a oh, grocery store. Nothing. It's nothing, and you you say i I, I say to my wife, "What do if you have kids you don't you already don't have any money mm-hmm. but but if you have a house full of kids, ours are grown, and you have kids now are starting to eat four thousand calories a day you can you can't all be macaroni, you got to get some calcium animal protein fruits, and vegetables in there. No wonder you're borrowing, of course you're running it up on the mastercard at nineteen percent. That's just, that's a rational response to this catastrophe. Yeah. Parliament does nothing. And, you know, you start to see all these notices now at the banks and the grocery stores respect policy. No more harassment of clerks. There's, people are letting off steam because there's water boiling, Alex. This is just all bad all around.
0: Yeah, and it's going to get worse. I mean, whenever they ask, like, how would you like to pay for this cash? credit? I'm like, whatever works. Whatever works these days, just whatever the money, wherever the money comes from, you can have it. Because
1: Five percent are hitting the payday uh, lenders.
0: Yeah, which is disastrous.
1: 5 That's shocking.
0: Yeah. And again, that is something government could change by making sure that they get rid of the predatorial stuff because, uh, you know, and they just don't. Um, uh, there's There are things they could do because once you get into that cycle of borrowing or relying on those uh, those... You know, lenders, you're in trouble, big trouble.
1: Well, oh, under provincial regulation, yeah. it's been documented. Some of the payday lenders, you're hitting 400 500%. People say, how can that be? The federal usury law puts a 60% cap because it's regulated by the provinces, and so joker's wild. So the water is boiling. Mm-hmm. People are, you are so far underwater, when you are running up the credit card to buy food for your children, and no one's getting on it. It's, I, I could not believe the data. If this was any other agency except a government of Canada agency, you'd say, oh, this has to be some problem with methodology. Those are crazy numbers. Yeah. What did they say? 41% have no savings. They spent it all, Alex. It's all gone. So if the carburetor goes out in the van, you're in trouble.
0: Assuming you can afford a van and assuming you can get a loan because there are an awful lot of people, as you know, heading to the food bank uh, in record numbers. So that is the reality. Uh, New reality, if you're being hired by the federal government and you're going to be teaching courses on hate or, uh, I guess, any other things, racism, etc. And that is that um, following the hiring of Latham Roof, an overt uh, anti-Semite who referred to Jews as human bags of feces, Uh, and paid half a million dollars to do so, and that was to teach uh, people like me about anti-Semitism. Now, they've decided that they're going to do the basics of, I don't know, vetting people, like checking someone's social media. Like, you can't be serious, right? Like, never mind no one got fired for this. (laughs) Like, they're going to do the basics of what they should have done before?
1: Members of the Commons Heritage Committee asked the department in the hearings yesterday, M.P. Marty Shields from Bow River, Alberta, said, who got fired on this? Long pause. Awkward pause. Of course, the answer was nobody, because failure is always an option. Mm. Let's recap this one, Alex. The Department of Heritage decided to run an anti-racism program. You could not make this up. To manage the program. They hired a guy who fantasized on Twitter about shooting Jews. When caught, it took them two months to cancel the contract with this guy. They're never getting a penny back. They know it. And no one got fired. And you know why this sort of thing goes on in Ottawa? Because failure is always an option. It's always an option. Now, yeah. It's like having a meeting with, this, with the executives and the management team to talk about fire drills. It's always a chance that someone will burn the building to the ground. But, you know, lessons learned, and we'll have a committee hearing, we'll feel bad, and we'll say, well, we'll try not to do that again next time. You start to wonder, why do we even have a Department of Canadian Heritage? If you can't manage an anti-racism program, I have an idea, How about shutting it down and putting the money in healthcare? I'm just that's I know that's crazy talk. I know that's Good Maybe crazy. these are not the guys to manage the program.
0: Well, the guy managing the program was too busy coming up with a censorship bill uh, that uh, is going to roll out and probably shock a lot of Canadians. Pablo Rodriguez, how could he possibly deal with Lath Maruf when he was trying to make sure that, you know, opinions that they disagree with are not censored from the Internet? So, so he, Failures, was, he was
1: absolutely. busy. Yeah. Failure is always an option, never forget. <laughs> yeah.
0: Meanwhile, uh, I think this uh, flew under the radar, but she definitely deserves her time in the sun because Trade Minister uh, Mary is, is the gift that keeps giving. She's not going to repay the costs of a contract that were improperly uh, awarded to a very good friend of hers who manages to be a CBC pundit. But uh, this is about $22,800 that she paid out because she needed media training, apparently. And, um, you know, she had to testify again. She was wrapped on the knuckle by the ethics uh, commissioner who basically he didn't even mince words. You broke the rules, and she's not going to step down. down. And she's not going to repay the money, Tom, she just wants Canadians to know she's sincere.
1: Inexcusable. Uh, Sincerely,
0: like, ignorant.
1: <laughs> um, that's what the ethics commissioner called it, inexcusable. And uh, Minister Ng said, you know, maybe what we need is more training. because <laughs> Apparently, the Ten Commandments and the Conflict of Interest Act just wasn't enough for Mary. Mm. This is one of those, you know, we talked about the fire drill that burns down the building. Here's another, here's another, <laughs> here's another poster boy. Mm. Here you have a minister who breaks an act of parliament to benefit a friend who, uh, th- as you mentioned, media coaching. And the friend, this is my favorite part, is a CBC pundit, Amanda Alvaro. Come on down. And she goes on TV and talks about what a great job cabinet ministers like Mary Ing are doing. And no one in this whole scenario has a gag reflex. And when they're summoned to committee and MPs say, Mary, just pay the money back because taxpayers are up against the wall and she has no comment because failure is always an option.
0: But she came up with the right talking point, right? So it worked.
1: It was funny. She was asked, did anyone help you with your testimony in the committee? She denied it. Yeah, but, but, you know, I mean, this is a person of high credibility. You can take that to the bank.
0: Yeah. Well, well, look, what she missed in the training where they specifically tell you as a new MP, do not do deals with your friends. Uh, she missed that one. But her friend who she did deal with has enough time in politics. She ought to have known as well. So Worst,
1: worst Valentine's Day ever. I am so disappointed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile. Uh, who's doing hotel procurement for this government? Because this is this is crazy. Fifty point six million bucks on hotel bookings for illegal border crossers and uh, lawful refugee applicants since twenty fifteen, and, and no one has even bothered to uh, check out who's here illegally. Like, why are we paying for people who are here illegally?
1: Big money. Uh, quality Hotel and Suites Toronto Airport East. Uh, Two point nine million dollars. Two point nine million. Quality in up uh, out of the airport. Marigold Hotel Brampton, 1200000 million. Mm. Let's see, uh, Dev Hotel and Conference Centre Cornwall, $30 million. You know, there has been no total estimate on the cost to the charge to the taxpayer in terms of shelter, transportation, food, education, you name it, for illegal immigration. Since the Parliamentary Budget Office, way back in 2018, came up with a figure. They figured a billion dollars over three years. No one has touched this, and That's you know great. why. Yeah. Uh, It is very, very costly, and it makes people very angry, especially at a time when they are borrowing money to feed their children.
0: Yeah, and look, it's a big issue because a lot of times uh, those from Roxham Road are shipped to places like Toronto, and uh, we have a huge shelter issue here. We have 2,500 spaces that are going to people who, you know, come in here irregularly, and and we don't have the shelter space, and no one at the federal government thinks that, that, that Toronto needs the money, and so those hotel costs should be going to our shelter system because we have local people with needs who can't get shelter space. It's yeah, the
1: system has gone awry. No, that's true. There was once a federal court case, true fact, a, a person from Michigan who claimed refugee status, and it took a federal judge to explain that you can actually not be, you cannot be a refugee from Dearborn. <laughs> we, we, we We had to actually get a court ruling on that.
0: Imagine that. Well, stay tuned on that one. Uh, Tom, I have lots more, but I'm out of time. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Alex. All righty. That is Tom Korski delivering the goods and certainly uh, nothing that surprises us. It's just at least he delivers the goods.